old-fashioned football on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast TaylorMade Stealth 2 Driver Giveaway. Head over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash driver to enter today before the big drawing on April 8th. We're also brought to you by Baseball Money is Fake, our fantasy baseball podcast. Join Blake and Ryan three times a week and get all the player breakdowns and statistical data you need to dominate. Old-fashioned football. Welcome, welcome to Old Fashioned Football. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. And before I continue, let me bring in my co-host, podcast partner, and life partner, Miranda. You can find her on Twitter at jmarkswifeymer. How you doing today? I'm doing great. It's been a great Tuesday so far. It's beautiful outside. I'm a little jealous that I can't be outside with most people right now. <laughs> beautiful for now but the storms are coming uh, allegedly allegedly <laughs> we will see yeah we we are we got a special guest today mm-hmm. not the special guest we had intended nope. that's um, the way the industry goes scheduling yeah. conflicts happen yes. um, we're still going to bring you our very special guest next week yeah in a two episode week we have yes. our special big guest who, spoiler alert, does work for a bigger network who's adjusted his travel schedule. So there is that. And then... Darn uh, ESPN. Right. And then on that's on 411. And on 412 Whiskey Wednesday, we got um, Savage and Cook, Master Distiller, joining us. That'll be fun. Talk some whiskey in depth. I'm excited for both of our guests. I'm excited for our guests today. Yes. Not to bury the lead, but... Today, we do have SGPN's own Colby Dant, the Dantabase. The Dantabase. That's right. We'll be bringing him on in a little bit. But Miranda, what are we drinking today? Today, we are drinking Blade and Bow Kentucky Straight Bourbon, which is a newer bourbon to our collection. Yes. A birthday gift. A birthday gift. For you. For me, from you. From me. Yes. Loophole in our no buying whiskey this year. Absolutely. Birthdays, gifts, we can do that. (laughs) (laughs) We have two loopholes, gifts and uh, recommendations. Yes, suggestions from our listeners. Yes, so um, come through for the loopholes there, suggest some whiskeys you want to hear us try, talk about the history of, etc. Yeah, Blade and Bow, though, this is a bourbon I... Hadn't heard of. I saw it on the shelf and looked at it and was like, oh, this is interesting. After I did some research on it, which we'll get into later on the show, I was even more excited to try this one. Yeah. No, it, it and the bottle is neat and it comes with a key, but I'm sure you will get into that. I will that. get into those details, Justin. I knew it. You're I knew given it. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> What's going on in the NFL right well, now? There is still surprise, surprise, no surprise. <laughs> 
Um, no update on Rogers on if he is going to be going to the Jets or not. It's a little frustrating that we still don't have an answer to this. It's yeah. April now, and right. this has been going on since before his darkness retreat. In not necessarily to the Jets, but whatever he's doing has been going on since before his darkness retreat in February. So, anyway, there's that. There are also um, well, and real quick before yeah? you jump off of that target that topic. The draft is approaching quickly. These yeah. teams need to know what their team they is going to look like. Like Isn't that's frustrating. This... I I got nothing, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to don't frustrate me. <laughs> let's let's get away from that. Um, okay. Well, actually, to go with that, <laughs> let's go back to this. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. was on Rogers' list that wasn't his list that he didn't hear about, but he knew about, <laughs> didn't know the names on the list, but he loved playing with everybody on that list or loved everyone who was on that list for the Jets to sign in order for him to go to the Jets. Odell Beckham was like the third name on that list. Yes. The Ravens have made an offer to him. Yeah, I saw that. He has not accepted, but they did make an offer, which is yes. interesting. And again, it's that time of year of, do they get Odell Beckham and plan on that? Or do they look at the draft? Like, uh, these guys got to make some decisions here. I know. It <laughs> impacts us. Us fantasy players need to know what the NFL is going to look like for next year. Yeah, no kidding. Um, because it's never too early to prepare. No. News on another wide receiver, right? Yes. I was going to get there. Oh, all right. Well, you get there. I just remembered <laughs> it in my head that we had one more big DeAndre Hopkins? Is yeah. that who you're remembering? Yes. There is talk that... Um, Teams feel Arizona is just going to release DeAndre Hopkins this mm -hmm. summer. I don't think there's been um, the trade market they expected for him. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if he's just released then. Which is interesting because he is a good player. I know he's a little older, but he is still a good player. Um, you know, he was suspended the beginning of last year, but came back and I thought did okay. So it's surprising to me that they just want to nicks him out of there mm -hmm. but um yeah who It'll knows interesting to see like if that happens then who's gonna pick him up where he's mm -hmm. gonna go because i can't imagine he's just gonna be left out there and i can't imagine he wants to stay on the uh, cardinals either because he, i guess he is getting to an age where his um the receiver life is not gonna last much longer and currently i mean they could surprise everybody but currently the cardinals have the worst odds to win the Super Bowl this year. They are the worst team, according to Vegas. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, after all the hype over Kyler Murray and everything, they have fallen from grace. Before <laughs> we continue, why don't we give a shout-out to our sponsors? We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Before we keep this train moving, I want to give a special shout out to my girl, Katie Fortune, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Katie. I hope Nick is spoiling you extra today. I believe that's actually Nick's girl. But yes, happy birthday. <laughs> we hope you have a wonderful birthday. And because it's your birthday, we have a spe special guest here 
um, mm-hmm. that just popped in to say a couple words. This is Brock Purdy from Iowa State, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Special thanks to Colby Dant for sharing that lovely clip with us. And speaking of Colby, let's bring him in, Justin. Let's do it. All right. We're going to continue talking about college players just like we did last year. And last week, last week, not last year. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Correcting me already. Um, And so if you're like me, I mean, I watch a little bit of college football, but I don't know these players on a intimate level like this guy does so we we had to bring him in he's a college football expert colby dant how you doing man well thanks for having me i'm excited i've been wanting to get on this show since (laughs) i saw the the original concept you know of like old-fashioned football you know that's right up my alley and yeah uh, I, i remember kramer kramer always goes to me ryan kramer from the sports gambling podcast and he goes colby uh, I'm like the, the graphic snob uh, out of like the whole, <laughs> out of the whole SGPN crew. Like he'll be like, what do you think of this graphic? And I go, that's lame. Right. And <laughs> your guys won right when he gave it to me, I was like, perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> and he knew he was like, okay, we're firing away on this one. So, uh, awesome. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to be a guest on the show guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. We're excited to have you. Um, now you're host of the college basketball experience, the college football experience, the XFL gambling podcast with me, the USFL gambling podcast. What am I missing there? Uh, college baseball. I do too, but that's not baseball. really, I mean, I'm a football basketball guy I, on that show. I'm kind of just the kind of the comedic value there because I don't, <laughs> I watch a little bit of baseball, but my heart's always been with football and basketball. So, uh, sure. Yeah. So everybody knows um, Bijan, they know Stroud, Bryce Young, JSN, Anthony Richard, all those guys. Today we're going to be talking about some guys that you might know, but as a casual fantasy football player getting ready to do a dynasty draft, people might not know if they're even going to make the NFL, if they're going to be able to start, things like that. So that's why we're going to bring you in because I don't know anybody that knows college better than you. I mean, you how many games a week are you watching? Man, I mean, we have God's eye, so we have nine TVs. Uh, But, I mean, I I, I just love college football, man. So, like, even in the offseason, I'm watching the games that I didn't see. So, Sean and Ryan can attest that it's a a 365-day-a-year job that I just watch football. And sometimes that's football from, like, 1940. That, so so they'll come in, they'll come in the studio and I'm watching army Navy 1949 and they're like, what a maniac, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just what I love. So, you know, yeah. before we dig into these players, I have to ask you, what's your favorite whiskey? Favorite whiskey. That is a tough question. As a guy that spent like 20 years, no, 15 years bartending for a long time. Uh, <laughs> it fluctuates on my mood right now. I'm working with Jameson. Jameson to me is like the, is like the Coca-Cola of, of whiskey. I know it's an Irish whiskey. So, it's, so to me, it's good and it, it's, it never disappoints me, but there are times where, you know, if you've had a terrible day, I normally go for like a hot, like I'll, I'll go, uh, you know, something like, I mean, right now, what do I have at my house? I have like a maker's 46, but, I, but I also have like angels envy. I have an angels envy yeah. at my house. It depends on my mood. Uh, like, but most consistently i'll go to like a i'll go to like a jameson or like a woodford reserve or something but if, mm-hmm. if you get me uh if you get me worked up then i go to the i go to the the, the good stuff that's 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 further <laughs> down you know that i that's worth a little bit more so uh 
I hope that answers your question. No, it does. No, when we're out and I we're at a bar that does not have a good whiskey selection, Jameson is my go-to. Yeah, I'm not saying cold that cold. Jameson is bad. Right? Jameson is great. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. It's and I've been to the distillery in Ireland. It was fantastic. What's cool it's is they too- also the distillery in Ireland also does. So they rented out. I went to the one in Cork, not Dublin. I feel like most people okay. went to the Dublin one. And mm-hmm. when I, uh, what was shocking to me is they rent out part of it for Redbreast, which is a great Irish whiskey too, which I highly recommend. Right. Uh, and so they have Redbreast, and I want to say like some independent ones come in there. They rent out part of it just to make extra extra capital. And uh, but it was pretty cool going on the on the taste scene, how they 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 make it all. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Um, and you know, I even got to see some of the scotches that they that they rent out to as well and try some of those, even though I'm more of a whiskey guy than scotch. But I'm an Irish guy, so I pretty much drink everything. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, we went to the Dublin one and I actually have a certificate that says I'm an official taste tester because I they asked for volunteers and I raised my hand. And um, if you volunteer, you got to like have they gave you Jameson, Jack Daniels and something else. And you're supposed to blind test them and everything. So. And this I, was I think, before I drank whiskey, so I really missed out. Yeah. I don't know what was wrong with me back then. <laughs> not, not, I think I did the same thing, man. Uh, yeah. Where, uh, I think they, they, I think you, you did, we had to pay a little bit more. Does that sound accurate? Like we had to pay this for was something. Free. Okay. I, I yeah. did some type of test where they, 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 they basically did something similar to that. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I do remember saying, no, I could easily taste the difference. I mean, I have an advantage because I bartended so long. So like I, Right. And I'm not and I'm not a big Jack Daniels guy. So like I, I know the taste of Jack Daniels. I prefer and I know me and J Mark have had this conversation. I at my house right now I have a bottle of Evan Williams because I think it's a disrespected whiskey. I've had yeah. people tell me, dude, they don't have don't buy that cheap stuff. And I'm like, why? If it, it tastes better than Jack Daniels to me, like this is better than Jack Daniels. Now that I'm not saying like if 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 okay, like I'm about to, to go hang out with my wife's parents. I'm not going to give them Evan Williams at the same time. At the same time, like I, I feel like if J Mark comes over to the house and we're just sitting there saying, Hey, you know, you know, another game on, I might pour him an Evan Williams, you know? And I will gladly take that. Evan Williams bottled and bond is probably the, my biggest go-to because it, it's cheap and it's good. Yeah. I mean, so, so um, like Jack Daniels, like I never really cost more. And I, so I never really go to Jack, but if they want to sponsor your podcast, we'll gladly drink it. <laughs> That's right. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> last summer we went to a family wedding and we had, we'd had those um, Jameson ginger and limes yes. in a can. I don't know if you've had that before. I have not. But, uh, I know what you're talking about. If you make yeah. them just with Jameson ginger and lime ginger beer yeah ginger beer. and lime it's so much better than the canned stuff and we we drank the bar yeah. out of jameson out of their jameson me miranda and her mom we drank there, we mom. Go. there we go well look they'll tell you this they'll tell you just like i said i was the snob with the arts uh for the graphics of the podcast i'm a snob with the alcohol too for the most part like i'll drink anything yeah. but like if you're gonna take me to a bar i would prefer me just order a jameson ginger and make it myself then yeah. then then just give me a a can of something you know what i mean like agreed yeah same goes for like the vodka soda stuff uh, any of those really any of those concoctions mm-hmm. like all right if i'm if i'm if i'm forced to i'm, I'm like i said i'm an irish i'm not going to turn it down <laughs> but i prefer i prefer the real you know they're like to me they're like dome football you know the the can <laughs> and the can uh you know vodka sodas it's like there's no real place for it 
but yeah. you know, it, you know, it's also does contain alcohol, and I'm I'm all you know, I'm gonna partake. Right. So if so you're football, if I'm still better than not football. <laughs> right. Yes. If you have not listened to anything by Colby, not a huge fan of dome football. Once football played outside, like it's meant to be. Yes. Yes, and I'm passionate about that. Very passionate. Yeah. About that. I actually believe really any outdoor sport like baseball too. Like I'm yeah. not even a big, big baseball guy, but I still believe you should experience like to go to a game. I don't, I've been to like the, what is it? The, the, the diamondback stadium. Yeah. Terrible, <laughs> terrible experience. That was, a waste, that was a waste of a, that was a waste of money. So uh, anyway, yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Cause we could talk for two hours on that. Yes. Have you tried blade and bow bourbon? Blade. I don't think so off the top of my head. No, it's yeah. what we're drinking today and what we're going to do a review on, but I just wanted to know, I hadn't heard of it until a few weeks ago. So, well, yeah. well, that's another thing is like the bourbon game has exploded. So, yeah. I mean, like I bartended all the way up until like 2020 and I mean, I saw that, that whole, like out here in Los Angeles, like every bar became, there was no more sports bars. Every bar was like a, a trying to be a 1920s craft cocktailing bar. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> every single one, you know, which goes, but like I, I'm split on it. Like I love yeah. cocktailing. I love like a good cocktail, but at the same time, like they're the bartenders can be like entitled. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. like I, they, we've somehow like bred this thing of like, I'm a craft cocktail bartender, you know, like, uh, <laughs> and, and that drives me absolutely crazy because it's like, dude, you know, you take 30 minutes with my old fashioned, you know what? Just give me a whiskey rocks. You know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> give me a whiskey rocks if you're going to take that long. But, uh, but uh, there's been so many, so many uh, whiskeys mm-hmm. that have came out, uh, you know, out of the woodworks here. There's the one in, what's the one in Utah? I get that one a lot. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. There's, there's a, uh, oh man. There's a, there's a really good whiskey that, that that my brother asked for. My brother lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, and he mm-hmm. asked for me to get it for him out here because he can't find it in North Carolina. But it's actually from the state of Utah. I'm drawing a blank on it. Something West, I feel like something West, Old West, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not sure. But we we definitely have it made with how many different whiskeys there are. We're never gonna run out of whiskeys to try on this show yeah <laughs> high west high west it's called high, high, west. high west okay Yeah, my brother always asked for that in buffalo trace because he can't get it at his own liquor i mean i at, at our supermarkets really? you can get that at our supermarkets yeah. out here you can get that so it's pretty wild buffalo trace is really common to get here um and i don't know i think it's overpriced for what the product they have but anyways before we get into these college players i want to remind you that today we're brought to you by the golf gambling podcast and their tailor-made driver contest contest is completely free to enter who doesn't like free things and you have a chance to win an awesome tailor-made driver the drawing will take place on april 8th that's coming up so make sure you enter by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver all right colby the first one we're going to talk about so um just kind of give you a little rundown i'm going to say the player kind of where they played Miranda's going to give us a little bit of stats and then we're going to kick it to you to kind of give your opinion on him. This one I'm sure people know because he was a big name until he was injured, but we'll start with Hendon hooker out of Tennessee transferred from Virginia tech to Tennessee. Um, obviously had that injury uh, there. So Miranda, why don't you break down the stats for us between the two years when he was playing at V tech and then at Tennessee, he had a 66% pass completion 
He threw over 8,900 yards. He had 80 passing touchdowns with 12 interceptions. And then he added an additional 2,000 rushing yards and 24 rushing touchdowns. Now, that injury, he tore his ACL in November. Yeah. So potentially on track to start week one. But with a rookie, I don't know if we're going to expect him to start. Um, Colby, what do you think of him? Well, first off, I know he's, uh, I know like, like, uh, shout out to Terrell Furman Jr. of the NBA gambling podcast and the WNBA gambling podcast. Uh, I know he's friends with his father. So, you know, oh. I root, I, I, it was sad to see what happened to this kid because he, he might've won the Heisman trophy had he not yeah. had that ACL injury. Um, but he's also paid his dues. He was at Virginia tech and, and Justin Fuente, who I know real money Kramer as a Virginia tech grad will tell you they didn't use him correctly um Mm -hmm. i'm split on this man i like this kid but i also know josh heupel's offense i call it i call it uh patty c always makes fun of me calling it a cheat code but it really is they run like an art briles it's air raidish but it it stretches like the vertically a lot more than the air raid and it's a one read offense so rg3 rg3 ran this offense right when he was a high pick for the for the for the Redskins, and I'm always a little bit of a skeptic. Now the NFL is changing uh, more and more to a pass happy league, but I'm always a little bit more of a skeptic. You know, when you put up amazing numbers, which is certainly what Hendon Hooker did: twenty eight touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, uh, no, no, what did he? He did something crazy last year. It was like oh, it was like year. yeah, last year he threw for like a, a it might have been more than that. It was like 27 and two, actually, I think it was. But I'm always a bit of a skeptic because it's a one read offense. So, yes, you can look amazing because that offense is like a cheat code, especially when it comes to college where the defenses aren't as fast. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always a bit of a skeptic. You'd see uh, another quarterback is Jared Stedham that was that that ran this offense. So these traditional uh, offenses um, haven't had a great track record of them becoming great pros now the air raid is completely different because the air raid is more of a rhythm thing and you can also you do look uh, you know there's more than one read so it's it's yeah. it's a bit different so i'm a bit of a skeptic he has some raw skills but i'm a bit of a skeptic on drafting him especially when you mix in the acl injury as well yeah now so i didn't watch a lot of him in college i see at 2000 rushing yards does he have just to compare it to a um a current NFL quarterback, does he have Justin Fields type speed and maneuvering or not no, quite? I would okay. say not quite, not quite, but I mean, he's definitely, you know, more athletic than your, your traditional statue, or I like to say lawn chair, but you know, I just think I, I, you know, half of quarterbacking from, this is my opinion, at least is, is getting drafted by the right team is getting drafted. Oh, sure. Like when, when to give you an idea, like I was high, I thought Baker Mayfield could be successful, right? Mm-hmm. When he got drafted by the Browns, I was like, oh, I'm out on that. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's going to kill his career. And then, you know, you, if you can get drafted with an offensive friendly coach and, uh, and let you, you know, ease into it, essentially, I feel like that's half the battle. You know, mm-hmm. if you get drafted, like take Jake Locker, who was like just an unbelievable talent from an athletic standpoint, who got drafted by the Tennessee Titans with Jeff Fisher, you go, eh, you know, and I'm not, I don't know that I was ever sold that he was going to be good, but he definitely was super athletic where I thought, you know, if 
he had landed on like if Andy Reid had gotten Jake Locker or if someone else, you know, off uh, another great offensive mind had gotten him, uh, then maybe they he would have turned into something because Jake Locker and Josh Allen kind of remind me of the same guy, but one got drafted by an offensive coach that perhaps knew what he was doing. And the other one yeah. did. So I think that factors in a lot, but I, I, I would be a skeptic on drafting Hendon Hooker to me, uh, unless I knew, you know, uh, if I had a long leash with him, I'll put it like that. Yeah. So there are rumors that the Titans might be interested in him. Have you, yeah. do you yeah. think <laughs> that that's, that's interesting fit, since or... you brought up the Jake Locker thing, mm-hmm. obviously Jeff Fisher's not there, but I think, that well, it's still, it's still do, a defensive-minded coach. Still right, a defensive-minded yeah. mm-hmm. coach. So I mean, I don't know. I, 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 they would probably sell some more ticket sales because of uh, <laughs> you know he's loved in in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is not far. But right, uh, yeah, I, I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. I, I would say if he got drafted by the Titans, I kind of think he would be a a journeyman backup. You know, so okay. I don't, I don't see the value in really you know, go rushing to get him, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. now if he, if he got drafted by Andy Reid or someone that I, uh, McDermott or someone where I could sit there and say, okay, I can believe, you know, let him polish him up a little bit. Let him show. Cause I have no idea. Like, I don't want to sound like I think he's dumb because it's a right. one read offense because that that's not accurate. Because, or I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't right. know. Mm-hmm. And to me, when you're in a one-read offense, though, it always makes it very hard to judge when going to the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of kind of guys that might be a lawn chair, Tanner McKee out of Stanford. He was a two-year starter at Stanford. He had a 63.7 completion percentage, threw over 5,000 yards. He had 28 passing touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Again, like you said, lawn chair, not a runner. Um, he actually had negative 90 rushing yards last year. Yeah. I mean, he is a statue <laughs> quarterback, but I mean, I'll say this when you go to Stanford, normally, you know, normally you kind of know how to break down the film. You know what I mean? You have the mental side of it, you know, and they've had a great track record going back to Jim Plunkett to John Elway to uh, just, just, I mean, most recently, obviously Andrew Luck and then Davis Mills for the, mm-hmm. for the Texans. So, and Davis Mills, another one that I feel like had he got drafted by another, you know, I, I don't want to say I thought he was going to be great, but I thought he could be serviceable. And right. I think the Texans hurt his future more than it helps his future. Um, and uh, Tanner McKee is, was a five-star recruit. I mean, this guy was a big time recruit and uh, you know, I, I, depending on the, t- I would take Tanner McKee probably before I would take Hendon Hooker to tell you, know, to tell you the truth. Like I would say, okay, well, I know he has the mental side of this. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. He's not nearly as athletic as Hendon Hooker. Um, but I know, you know, he was in a pro offense also like Stanford's been running pretty much pro offense ever since they hired Jim Harbaugh. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I have less concerns about that, but I still, you know, on the right team, I think it could be a pro bowl quarterback on the, you know, down the road on the wrong team. He could be Davis Mills. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, I, I like, I, I do think it'd be worth a, a decent shot on taking Tanner McKee though. If you're looking for a quarterback in, you know, and I, I where, do, where, where do you guys have him projected? Um, they're right now they're saying the second or third round, but I, no team has really stepped forward that I've seen with strong interest. Um, I did read the saints might be looking at him, you know, and then he could sit behind Derek Carr. 
uh, kind of learn a little bit and then take over potentially. Yeah. I mean, that that's one where like, to me, I, I could see him taking over the, that spot. I could see him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I think at a second round draft pick, you know, if you're looking for a guy that can start your games, yeah, I, I, I could buy into, I'd be happy if my, if my team considering, you know, if, if quarterback was our glaring weakness, if we got him in the second or third round, I'd be pretty happy. I think. Yeah. Um, sorry if it's noisy. I don't know if you can hear it, Colby, but we're getting we're pounded with hail. hail. <laughs> I, I do not hear anything. So we're good. So just go ahead, rip up that roof of yours. All yeah. Right. Just let right. it go. Which we just got replaced last year from hail, but, um, <laughs> uh, next guy, guy that, uh, that I'm a big fan of because he was born in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and I grew up in Council Bluffs, Iowa. You, so, you did not grow up in Council Bluffs, I, Iowa. I kind of grew up in Council Bluffs, Iowa. A, I was just a small outside. town, 20 minutes outside of Council Bluffs, Iowa. Not <laughs> yes. Growing up in Council Bluffs, Iowa. <laughs> Close enough. This is when you take a drink and let her argue with me. Um, uh, but, but yeah, Max Duggan out of TCU, four-year contributor. Um, I, I'm just a big fan of his game. And uh, Merg can read some of his stats here. I think they jump out. Yeah, he finished his four-year career with a 60.45 completion percentage. He threw 9,600 passing yards. Um, and then, of, like, out of – wow. Okay, his senior year, 3,600, almost 3,700 of those were just from his senior year alone. He had 73 passing touchdowns, and about half of those are from his senior year. So he really stood out his senior year there. He also did have 28 interceptions, and he had about 2,000 rushing yards and 18 rushing touchdowns. So those are some impressive stats from that last year. Yeah. Um, So I know you guys are are, – this is is, – how many many episodes deep are we right now? on the show. Uh 34. 34. Yeah. So, uh for the past like p- past uh really 4 years, we've been screaming about this guy uh, in a good way on the college football experience for college. Mm-hmm. For college quarterbacks, we were saying he's underrated the disrespect of, you know, uh and and we were we were we looked like geniuses I thought last year when he took yeah. it to the national championship because for years we even pulled the clip I had Noah Beanick Shout out to Noah being pulling the clip of me talking about him two years ago saying, watch out, this kid is really good. And now here's my problem. College is college. Pro is pro. He's really got to work on his accuracy. Like his mm-hmm. accuracy is not very good in my opinion, right? So he's an athlete though. He is an athlete. I love watching this kid play. He's a gamer. He's going to give you everything. And to me, he's a football player, which, you know, not to uh, – there's not many of them anymore at quarterback. <laughs> um, and and, uh, and he's, he's a football player to me. You saw it in that Big 12 championship game. He almost willed his team back. He's bleeding from his arm. He's getting it done. He's gritty. He plays the game right, in my opinion. Like, I love watching this kid play. Now, that's not to say that Hooker and, and McKee aren't, but I, I loved watching this, this, uh, this TCU team this year with, with him at the helm. But uh, you go back and look at that Georgia game. You look, obviously, Georgia has, like, pretty much like the the most the closest thing to an NFL defense in college yeah. football. Duggan was not very accurate. Now, some right. of that is his no line not protecting, but also this season in general, you know, I still feel like there was games where like he, he he's not consistently accurate and I think that's going to be a problem in the NFL. Now, 
if he can fix that, which I believe, you know, we've seen people fix this throughout their careers. If that's an issue, everything else is there. Like uh, to me at his best, he reminds me of like a, a, I don't know, like a young rich Gannon or something. Um, uh, or, or, a, or, a, you know, I don't know, maybe like a, maybe a, a Steve Young. I don't want to say Steve Young cause that's a hall of famer, but like, Right. He reminds me he's an athlete that can that can really stress you out in a lot of ways uh, when he's running the ball or when he, you know, is in the pocket moving around. I don't know. I, you know, I think last year I said he's going to be a great USFL quarterback. And <laughs> that, that, that that's I hope he makes it in the NFL. He's got if he works on the accuracy, he's never got to worry about the USFL. But I think right now he's not accurate enough to be a a, a maybe a third stringer to me. Mm-hmm. So he's got to really, if he can really work on that, he could start in the league. But yeah. I, I'm a skeptic with his accuracy as much as I love him. And I've heard that um, I believe he's met with the Patriots and the Buccaneers might be looking to take a late round flyer on him. Um, let him sit and develop. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, like we've seen quarterbacks become way more accurate than I saw in college. And I was like, well, I don't know about these guys, but mm-hmm. you know, and maybe he does it. He could have came back to college. A lot of people don't know that. He could come back for one more year with the COVID eligibility, and he decided not to. I was a bit perplexed by that, but hey, uh, you know, because I, 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 are we sure this guy's getting drafted? Uh, not positive. Uh, every, everything I'm reading says he's meeting with him, so like he's planning on getting drafted. See, because that's that's a heck of a gamble. He with the NIL and college athletics now, I'm like, <laughs> why not go get like a million dollars or eight hundred thousand dollars to come back to TCU? True. You know. So I wish him the best, and uh, but I, I I love watching the kid play. So yes, I would yeah. be a fan of, of if my team drafted him. I wouldn't want him starting this year, but I would be <laughs> I would be happy that he's on the team. Are you a Jets fan? Jets and Jets and uh, well, the 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 Redskins and Jet, Jets were my teams growing up. So yeah, okay. One of them one of them got ruined. Some would say two of them got ruined. Um, <laughs> Jets are about to get ruined because they're getting Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And well, so, maybe in my opinion, they're going to get him, but they're not going to announce it until I'm not so a big can, fan. Yeah, us neither. As Bears fans, we are fan. down on Rodgers and his drama. There Glad to a, have him out of our conference. Yeah. There was a play a couple years ago in the NFC Championship where he, it's like a fourth and two, I think, or, you know, I don't know, fourth and four. I, I don't re- recall the exact distance, but he's at the goal. Like, and he can clearly run this thing in for a touchdown, which would probably send his team to the Super Bowl or tie it up. I don't remember the exact score. And he waits and waits and waits and throws the ball and it's incomplete. And <laughs> to me, I just have a hard time respecting that. Like to yeah. me, I'm gonna, I'm scoring that. I'm running that a thousand out of a thousand times. I don't care if someone's in my way. I got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, now I know he can fling the ball. You know, he's got great. He's unbelievably accurate, but. I'm not a big fan. Put it like that. As Same. a Jets fan, I'm not happy that we keep getting the 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 recycled Packers quarterbacks. Remember, we had Favre too when he right. sent the, oh. he sent the infamous dick pic. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, not. I wish we would do something else than try to get that. Yep. All right. This last one. Um, just want to run something by you on him. Uh, we have a friend who's a big Georgia fan, follows Georgia football very closely, and he's got a theory that the Ravens will draft Stetson Bennett 
around the fifth round because their OC is Todd Monken, who was Georgia's OC. And with all this Lamar Jackson drama, they get a guy that they're um, from. He gets a guy he's familiar with. What do you think of that theory? And what do you think of Stetson Bennett? Could he take over that offense for Lamar? I can tell you this as a guy that used to make fun of Stetson Bennett. I think he can play. I think he can yeah. play in the NFL too. Like talk about a guy that to me has worked on the accuracy a ton, a mm-hmm. ton. Now, granted, I guess the argument would be that George is filled with NFL players and he's playing against teams that are not filled with NFL players. So, but I, I think he's way more ready than Duggan is. And I think he's athletic yeah. just like Duggan in that capacity. Like he's an athlete. He's a very good athlete. And I could totally buy into this conspiracy because the Todd Munkin thing, you know, I, I could totally see this working. Now, I don't know that he'd be starting day one, even though I know he's yeah. been in college since, since, uh, you know, since, since me, the Reagan administration. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, but I, I, I can buy in. Like, I, I think, I think that a lot of people saying like, Oh, it'd be a seventh round draft pick. I think he's better. I think he's better yeah. than a lot of, the, a lot of the other quarterbacks in the draft. Um, so I, I, if I was a Ravens fan, I'd be happy with that pick. Now, depending on where you got him, but yeah, and, right. and what mm-hmm. your other weaknesses are, you know. But obviously, clearly with that quarterback situation, I, I, I like it. I, I, yeah. I can see it working. Well, Josh will be happy that you agree with his theory. Um, and he switching- probably he probably drinks whiskey too, because we saw what he was he, doing. He, he got arrested for drunk in public in Dallas. He's, I feel like he's right <laughs> up our alley. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and for those listeners, that's Stetson Bennett, not Josh. Josh did not get no, but, but Josh, Josh is a whiskey drinker. Josh is a whiskey drinker. Um, switching gears to running backs here. Just want to talk about a couple of them. It seems like there's a million running backs in this draft that have potential. But what do you think about Chase Brown out of Illinois? Um, Mer, how did he do? He had 605 carries, over 3,200 rushing yards. He had two thousand yard plus rushing seasons in a row and eighteen rushing touchdowns. I mean, this guy's a beast. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. I like this guy, uh, Canadian, I believe, right? And uh, he can he can play. Like I was convinced, short of Bijan Robinson, you could argue this was the best running back in college football last year. Um, really. Yeah, I, I feel like he was playing at uh, Illinois. You knew they were running the ball, right? They don't have a quarterback <laughs> and for him to, for, for him to have the stats that he did and the way that he ran. I was super impressed and the evolution of him. I mean, this is a guy that was uh, like, I think, a transfer from the Mac at Western mm-hmm. Michigan. Uh, and, and you saw, you know, I think he I think he might have even switched positions a couple times early on in, in 2019 with the Eli and I. But uh once once Bielma came in, Bielma knew what to do really with him. And, and I feel like what both the years with Bielma, he's been over a thousand yards and I, I'm sold that this guy could be good. He's more of the traditional running back, though, I will say, like, yeah. if you're looking for, you know, football is uh, you know, constantly evolving. So it, it's interesting. A lot of the running backs that, you know, 15 years ago, your power backs, it seems they're they're almost a minority in the uh, in the minority now in the NFL. I think he's more so closer to that than he is like kind of the out of the backfield drop it off. Even though I do think he has like, he, he has better hands than like an Adrian Peterson or something, but mm-hmm. um, I, I like him. I think he's going to be a player. I think, you know, obviously hopefully he gets drafted by the right team, but I, I think he's a good player. This guy that to me likes to make contact and, and can be, a, you know, 
He could be a, a bell cow. Yeah, interesting. Um, I know the Bears GM Ryan Poles is into drafting guys that uh, have played in the state of Illinois or even signing them in the free agency. He's gotten several, so I wonder if he'll give Chase Brown a look because we do have a bit of a need at the yeah. running back position since we let Montgomery go. Um, switching gears to a guy that start started with Cincinnati, transferred to Utah, Tavion Thomas. Throughout his career, he had 475 carries, about 2,500 rushing yards, and 35 rushing touchdowns. Now, we broke this down from when he transferred to Utah. His junior year was his first year at Utah, and he had over 1,100 rushing yards, 21 rushing touchdowns. But then we saw that decline his senior year because he dropped to 687 rushing yards and only seven rushing touchdowns. Do you know from watching if was there a reason for that decline his senior year? I think he missed some games with injuries, but also they have mm-hmm. guys. They've had backs even the the COVID year. Well, I guess that was the year he was transferring, right? Because the the COVID year yeah. they had that Utah had a. a I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but he was a like fresh Pac-12 freshman of the year, and he actually uh, ended up dying in the offseason, got shot in in uh, in Texas, his hometown. Um, but uh, my here's my problem here is is this kid could be good, but everyone looks good in this backfield. <laughs> like <laughs> like when, when they lost him, it was next man up, and and you saw you saw like you know Utah, and you're like okay, well Utah doesn't look like they're really missing missing a beat right now from an offensive mm-hmm. standpoint, you know, and the same can be said with the, the, the Pac-12 freshman that I, that I'm drawing a blank on the kid's name right now. Uh, may he rest in peace, but um, uh, they, they switched. They had Micah Bernard who got actually more yards per carry than Thomas did. So th- it's hard to really get a gauge. You know, they have Cameron rising sure. who was, who who's a really good quarterback. They have two like stud tight ends. Um, I, I feel like I, I feel like he's a little bit more of a question mark for me. Like doesn't mean he's he's gonna be a bust, but mm-hmm. I just I think I think any running back they had would put up those numbers. So to me, it okay. I it wasn't a substantial loss when he was injured. I just thought, oh, okay. You know, I see this next kid's balling. I don't think there's a problem here. So uh <laughs> I, I'm a bit reluctant to say like, oh, this guy's gonna be a steal. I get it, he was all pack twelve. You know, it's and and Utah keeps a good program, so obviously Kyle Whittingham knows what he's doing when he goes and gets guys. But I, I this is one that I also think I wouldn't be surprised if he was at, in the USFL in a couple of years. You know what I mean? Like so. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, he was all Pac-12, 2001. I'm sorry, 2021, and he. I know this. They also like that they they would he would have some catches out of the backfield too. Cause that mm-hmm. offense kind of, uh, kind of dictates that, but, um, I'm a bit of a skeptic. I'll put it like that. A bit of a skeptic here. I noticed you keep saying these guys might start in the USFL because no running back would want to start in the XFL with how poor the running has been. <laughs> true. Very true. If I'm, if I'm a running back, I'm like, ah, let me wait, wait, you make 20 more grand or whatever it is in the US or in the XFL. I don't know though, but you, Average a half yard of carry. That's not going to help my chances get into the pros. Right. Got to think long term. Got to think long term. Right. <laughs> All right, switching gears to wide receivers. We got three of them to run by. The first one, four-year contributor out of SMU. I, I hope I'm saying his first name right. You can correct me, but Rashi Rice. Yeah, Rashi Rice, I believe. Or Rashi. Rashi. Yeah, I think I've heard bo- announcers say both. Really. Uh, he, he had 
Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go, 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 go. go. I'm, sorry. Nope. I'm sorry. Yep. All right. Now he had um, 233 receptions, over 3,100 receiving yards. About 1,350 of those were just in his senior year. He had 25 receiving touchdowns, and 10 of those were in his senior year. I mean, the, this is another one where, like, they're in. So SMU's had success recently at wideouts. Yeah. Whether it's Emmanuel Sanders, whether it was Cole Beasley or or Cortland uh, Cortland Sutton, they've had success and they've gotten those guys. They run the air raid. You know, uh, Rhett Lashley's their coach last year who runs air raidish philosophies. But the the previous coach Sonny Dykes, who went to TCU and played for the national championship, is is a Mike Leach assistant that runs the air raid. So you're getting the ball a ton. You're getting the ball a ton. Sometimes that can dilute your stats to make you look way better than you really are. And sometimes, you know, you're actually just the real deal um, because you look at a lot of Leach's teams, especially at Washington State. They didn't really put white pros into the into the league. Now, at Texas Tech, he did, you know, Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, uh, Michael Crabtree. Um, but I think I think this is one where I'm going to trust the trend that they've recently been developing wide receivers really good. I'm going to trust that I'm going to. And also another thing is the NFL has gotten more and more into those concepts. Yeah. See what's fascinating about college football. I remember like, you know, uh, normally the NFL is like 10 years behind college football, right? As Mm -hmm. far as like, you'll see, you know, uh, certain schemes come out in the college game or the high school game that will transition to college or, or vice versa. And then the NFL picks up on them. Um, at least over the past 30 years, that's what's been happening to, in my, my opinion. Right. And, and it, nowadays you watching, I feel like you see air raid. It's almost impossible to watch a game without air raid concepts. Like you'd have to be watching, I think like the 49ers (laughs) play play maybe the Titans. Right. Yeah. And even even with that, I still think you might see some wrinkles. Um, So that makes it more and more marketable you know, for these wide receivers, like the, these receivers that have been in these systems, you say, okay, well, if he's going to be running the same thing in the NFL, I can see this work. When this first happened in like 2008, the transition wasn't so smooth because it was like, no, you're, you're still running pro style offenses. And all of a sudden, you know, these receivers are struggling on one-on-one. Um, so I, I think, I think, I think he's going to be a player. I, I, I like this guy as far as like his upside and the school has, has really, you know, really kind of made a name for themselves now, you know, and I don't think Beasley was drafted if memory serves me correct. I think he might've been just a free agent. I think Um, that's correct. Yeah. So like uh, these guys have just earned their way. And I feel like this system works. You see the chiefs run it. You see, I mean, everyone's running it now. So I I think, I think Rasheed Rice might be able to play. And I've seen him mock draft as early as the first round. And it's interesting. The chiefs have a need at wide receiver, um, just, I watched some of this guy's game film and thinking of Patrick Mahomes throwing to him. I think that would be a hell of a player. Yes. And, and look, Mahomes obviously played at Texas tech with the leech offense. It wasn't leech. It was, uh, it was, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, but, uh, still same exact offense. So it would be a, a pretty much like a seamless transition. I think for Rishi rice, uh, as far as like, you know, knowing the concepts and everything, all the mesh points and everything. So, uh, yeah, I think this could be a, that would be a slam dunk. I think if you're well, yeah, depends what round depends what round, because yeah. I know sometimes I don't know. Yeah. What's your philosophy? Do you think receivers should go in the first round? 
Like I, I have I, a thing of like never pay your wide receivers. Never pay your wide receivers. And, and it, there's a million of them. It seems like mm-hmm. that can yeah. produce. So yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, it, don't you find it ironic if you were to uh, short of Jerry Rice, uh, who you know was really good pre free agency, um, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. You know what they have in common? Zero Super Bowls. True. Yeah. So, I, I you saw it with uh, Tariq Hill. He leaves. Yeah. Oh, do we lose? Do we miss a beat? Nope. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was I was way wrong on that because I thought the Chiefs would take a step back. Miranda said it's Mahomes. They're not going to take a step mm-hmm. back, and she was right. So, <laughs> happens yeah. a lot around here. <laughs> um. So next guy. Xavier Hutchinson, who we know out of Iowa State, interesting enough, he was drafted in the USFL college draft, which Miranda might take him. Um, Last year, she did have the best record in our USFL league among SGPN contributors and scored the most points. So if he goes to USFL, you might take him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I think it sounds like people think he's going to get drafted in the NFL. He had 254 receptions about 3000 yards and 15 receiving touchdowns. Do you think he's going to get an opportunity in the NFL or do you think we're going to see him playing for the USFL? I think he'll get an opportunity. He'll probably be a late round. I mean, mid, mid to late round draft pick if I had to guess, but uh, I can tell you this, like I lost some money on them because the Texas game late in the fourth quarter, uh, Hunter Decker's their quarterback, Iowa state's quarterback had him wide open deep and he mistimed his jump. I mean, this was a touchdown and a win for Iowa state. Yeah. And he mistimes his jump and drops the ball. And I was just like, now this kid can play. I felt bad. I actually felt bad for him because the guy had a, a monster game that game. It was just that play cost him the win in Austin. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I mean, also Iowa state though, they, I don't know how well they will transition uh, from a, from a skill position set, you know, your wideouts yeah. haven't really had a track record in the NFL. Um, but I can see why he's got some, like some qualities that I think um, can, can go a long way maybe, but I, I do wonder what he would clock his 40 times at. I would love, I don't have that information in front of me because uh, I would be curious, but I mean, Texas you know, Texas is all five stars. You know, I feel like four and five stars throughout that whole roster. And he was lighting them up that game. He was lighting them up that game. It's a shame he dropped that big ball. But, you know, I I, I, th- I think he'll get drafted. Would I yeah. be surprised if he was in the USFL in three years? No. You know, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I've seen him dominate football games. Um, so I, if yeah. I was a fan, so if the Jets drafted him in the sixth round or fifth round, I'd say I like it. I, I think it's worth the investment to see if this guy can work out or not. Well, I think with Roger's list of demands for receivers, you guys got plenty of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that drives me absolutely crazy. Here's my list. Get the list he doesn't know about. Yeah, let's correct that. The list he has never seen, but he can name every player on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just drives me crazy. He's got Randall Cobb on there. Yeah, let's have a 45 year old wide receiver. Hey, come on, look, you I can't love go Randall anywhere Cobb. without him. Yeah. Come on, jeez. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know what his attachment to Cobb is because when the Packers were working on his new deal, that was part of the stipulation of I want you to bring Randall Cobb back to the Packers. Why? 
Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's, it's like that's I mean, come on, man. He's old as hell. Like the guy's not that good anymore. Let's be honest. Right. I, I like Randall Cobb as much as the next person, but I don't <laughs> see why you would sign him. If you're yeah. signing him just to please your quarterback, well, guess what? Then you're not putting your team first. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, one more wide receiver here. I mainly threw this guy in because my boss's boss is a big Penn State fan and a listener of the show, so he'll want to hear some. Just being a brown noser, I am. (laughs) Um, but Parker Washington, who's got a lot of big playability, which I think you see in his stats here. Out of yeah, and oh, oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I keep trying to. You're You're good. good. (laughs) Um, out of three years, he had 146 receptions, over 1,900 yards, 12 touchdowns. And Justin, you mentioned his big playability. Every year, he averaged over 13 yards per catch. Yeah. What do you think of Parker Washington? I see. This is the one where I think, if out of the three, if I had to draft, I would probably go Parker Washington because there's times where he really jumps off screen to me. Mm -hmm. And now Sean Clifford was throwing him the ball. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel like. And that says said. enough right there to me. Like Sean Clifford was throwing him the ball. So I think this guy's probably a lot better than what we know him to be because yeah. that was not a very friendly offense to the wide receivers. Um, so if there's one that has just a gigantic upside, like if you're one, if you're telling me out of all these three, this guy, you know, which one will be a multi, you know, multi-year pro bowler or all pro. I think I would lean Parker, Parker Washington. Um, I, I just think the times I have seen him, you know, in big games, I think the Ohio State game, you know, Ohio State is is basically on the uh, on the Georgia level of recruiting, right? Yeah. I want to say, uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I want to say he had like 10 for like 150 that game. I got a uh, – here, let me just pull this up. Um, but – when you're doing that against a with a quarterback, that's not very efficient as a passer. And you're doing that against Ohio state's defense who I know you could say whether well, their defense hasn't been great as far as like putting up, you know, recently that's been a weakness of Ohio state is, is yardage wise, but th- they still got guys. They're all five stars. Uh, yeah. yeah. 11 for 179 and a score. I mean, Ooh. come on. That to me jumps out to me. You know what I mean? So like if there's one, that is to, to me not being utilized correctly, perhaps that is probably re- a lot better than what we see him to be. I, I would take Parker Washington here as one that uh, could really, could really be a surprise and, and be a very good player. Perhaps. Interesting. Do you, uh, out of curiosity, do you play any dynasty fantasy football leagues? Uh, not dynasty, but I play, I do play fantasy. Oh no, I actually, you know what me, we were, we were part of the SGP one, me and Nick, but Nick handled most of that. I was, okay. I was occupied, but, uh, you know, cause I had, we, we took Jahan Dotson last year. Okay. And, and once again, that was another one that I, I was, I was, I, I told NC Nick, like, let's make sure we get this kid. Cause I think he's a beast. So they didn't have a passing quarterback really. Clifford's not right. an elite passing quarterback. These guys are, are really good wideouts, I think. So uh, I, I, I'm kind of sold on Washington's going to be a, a good a good wideout. Yeah, I just – I feel like with your college knowledge, um, you would probably just crush rookie drafts. Just crush them. <laughs> I think we did all right. I took Davis Mills late. Uh, who else did we – the year that – I think the, the first year we took Philip Lindsay, if memory serves me correct, in one of our leagues. And 
I knew, Future uh, XFL legend. Philip yes. yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I know Dodson, they tried to uh, Jalen hurts. Obviously, you know, that's been a big mm-hmm. argument and, and I've hold yeah. that I've held that clip back. Mm-hmm. I have a clip of when he's drafted of stacking the money and Kramer saying, this is an awful pick. And I go, you guys are crazy. I was like, this guy's good. <laughs> right. And they're like, no, this is the one of the, like, Sean was like the worst pick of the draft. Right. And I, I'm, I'm going to play it at some point, right? We, we're going <laughs> to reveal it to the world. Cause it's, it's pretty hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, now there's, there's a ton of players we didn't cover or didn't talk about, but are there any offensive players that you know of, or you're thinking about that could be, late draft picks that would be ready to start right away in the NFL. Well, I mean, you saw what Purdy last year has pretty much got everyone thinking that they could find their quarterback in the seventh round. Um, off the top of my head, let me, uh, let me pull up by position right now, because I, I, I guarantee you, I, I, there's some that I, I know I would like, um, I mean, quarterback wise, I'm trying to think which quarterback would I trust the most? You know, quarterbacks, one of these, this is a weird draft for the quarterback. So yeah, much like we were talking Jake Locker earlier, you know, who like this year's Jake Locker is to me is Anthony Richardson. Like Anthony Richardson is a guy that I think could like be the, he has potential. It's almost like LeBron James to me. And I I know people will probably be at me saying I'm I'm an idiot. (laughs) When, When I watched LeBron James in high school, I was like, oh my God, like he's an NBA live creative player. Like when we we've all played the game where you would take and you could make the skill set a hundred at every little yep. skill set, right? Well, in a way, in a way, Anthony Richardson's that. Now in games we haven't seen that he was not mm-hmm. very efficient as a passer, but as far as like his athleticism, his height, his weight, his arm strength, he is a NBA, an NFL or NBA live or whatever John Madden football <laughs> creative player. Um. So that is one that, I mean, obviously that's not a sleeper, but that is one that I think like could be like a hall of fame quarterback, or he could be out of the league in three years. There's a, it's, it's a fascinating to me, uh, you know, play as far as who's going to draft him. If he gets drafted by the right coach, I think that guy could be a sure bet hall of famer. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if he gets drafted by, you know, Joe Schmo uh, or, or some, some guy that doesn't know what he's doing, um, then I do believe he could be out of the league very soon. Um, as far as late round draft picks, I'm looking right now at projections. Stetson Bennett's one to me that I think, and when I look at what Brock Purdy did, I would not be surprised if Stetson Bennett did that this year. Yeah. Would, would not, would not at all be surprised by that. Um, I can tell you, I like the running back Xavier Valaday. That's a running back out of Arizona state slash Wyoming. When he was at Wyoming, he was like, their whole offense they couldn't complete a pass that's a running back that i think uh i'm interested to see where he lands because i I think he could end up being a player um who else in this draft really jumps out to me those would be some right there i'm trying to think trying to think if there's any other uh like wide receivers that i really like um there's another running back though, Deneric uh, Prince, also out of out of Tulsa, that I'm kind of sold on too. Okay. Those are smaller school running backs. Curious, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is like a five-five running back from Kansas State. Um, that is super intriguing to me because he's unbelievably small. He's like a, he weighs like 175 pounds, and 
uh, I in today's model of football, you know, this guy would never be an NFL player in right. 1995. You know what I mean? Yeah, but no doubt. today's style, I actually think he's got a shot. And I find that fascinating because if you're running some stuff, you know, I don't know. He's almost like Danny Woodhead-ish, but he's electric, man. This guy can take it to the house from anywhere on the field. He's kind of got like a little bit of a Darren Sproles slash Barry Sanders vibe to him in the open field. Now he's so small. I'm intrigued to see how his career goes because on the right team, I don't ever think he'll be like a pro bowler, but on the right team, he could be like Dante Hall. Remember Dante Hall for, for the chiefs back in the day. Uh, in the early 2000s that was just so electric when he got the ball i feel like deuce vaughn is a name that i'm very interested to see where he lands but uh those are some of the running backs that uh that have caught my eye as far as like i'm going to pay attention to where they go we talked chase brown um another one is uh i i I do like the the tight end of purdue Payne durham i think that's going to be an interesting play to see where he goes as well yeah um, just real quick before we get out of you, get, get you out of here, not get out of you, um, get out of your brain, I guess. Um, uh, settle, it's the whiskey, um, settle the debate I have with Kramer, Dan Jones or Justin Fields. Choose this wisely. Year, what, what am I, what, what's the, what's the better long-term concept? NFL quarterback? I think it's Daniel Jones. Damn it. All oh. right. Ending yeah. the recording. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, look, I, I don't think Fields is is an unbelievable talent, but I don't trust the Bears development ever at quarterback. That's fair. um so so it, I mean I think as far as like skills, Justin Fields is more skilled. Yeah. But I think if I if I was if if I had to bet on who was gonna be playing ten years from now. Come on, Daniel Jones is like Kirk Cousins 2.0 to me. Like they're, <laughs> they're like the, the, the this this current league, like the state of the league and the way that the rules are officiated. Like these average quarterbacks can look good. Like Kirk That's Cousins cool. puts yeah. up unbelievable numbers when you look at it. But it, like you could compare John Elway's and Kirk and, and Kirk Cousins' numbers, and Kirk Cousins will like blow them out of the water numbers wise. But really, we all know Kirk Cousins is like a a. And in my mind, an average quarterback. I know Vikings right. fans will say no. Uh, he's an average quarterback to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's never going to do certain things that will let you know clearly lead you to a win. You know, like he's never going to you know by himself. But if he's got the right pieces around him, you can win games. Daniel Jones is that to me. He's the same. He's very similar to me. Um, yeah. And he's actually a little more athletic than uh, than Cousins. Yeah, um, he is. So so I, I would I would bet on I would bet on Jones. But I love the Bears until they move the, into that into that filthy dome. <laughs> right. The Bears. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I'm not a big fan of that move either. Um, obviously, listening to this, you can hear why we brought Colby on. He knows college football like nobody else. Um, you can find him at the Colby D. Check out all his shows, the college basketball, college football, college baseball, USFL Gambling Podcast, XFL Gambling Podcast. That's the five of them, right? Five and sports gambling podcast too sometimes. And sports right? gambling, but yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, and enjoy your your Jameson, and <laughs> and thank you for coming on with us. Yes, anything, thank you so much. Anything else you want to say or plug before we get you out of here? No, just uh, I want to plug the 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 old fashioned football podcast. All right, I like the concept. I like the originality of it. Um, I can't say that for every single pod on our feed, even though I love SGPN. 
Um, and and I'm being a hundred percent honest. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm very curious to see how you know where this where this podcast goes because I, I think you guys are onto something great, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thank you for coming. Thank we you. appreciate you. Um, and yeah, thanks and take it easy, man. Thank you. Uh, look forward to coming on again. Yeah, anytime. Absolutely. Another shout out to Colby Dant. He just, gosh, he's got so much college knowledge, as I'm sure you picked up listening to him. I don't know about you, but I was taking notes and planning for this next season of fantasy football. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like we said, nobody knows college better than him. And he, he, as he said himself, he knows whiskey pretty well too. So why don't we transition right into whiskey? And next time we're going to have to have him get a whiskey that we have and he can taste it with us, (laughs) do a little tasting with us. But anyways, why don't you, uh, bring us into this whiskey here? All right. As I said earlier, we're drinking Blade and Bow Kentucky Straight Bourbon. And Blade and Bow is a tribute to the art of bourbon making and the legendary Stitzel Weller Distillery. It's made from like it's it's actually made from some of the last bourbon produced at Stitzel Weller before distilling and production stopped over 30 years ago already um, when the distillery closed in 1992. And speaking of the Stitzel Weller Distillery, obviously I got to bring you some history and that's where it's going to be today. Please do. Back in the day, brands like Pappy Van Winkle, who, by the way, helped build the distillery, Weller, Rebel Yell, um, they used to be distilled at this distillery, but the distillery was then sold in 1972 when, get this, Justin, this crazy thing where whiskey lost its popularity. Now that is sad. It is sad. Are you sad. giving me a sad history? I guess. No, I'll bring it back. I'll <laughs> okay, bring it back okay. for you. <laughs> Those brands were then sold off to other distillers before the distillery finally stopped production in 1992. However, it was reopened in 2014 as a major tourist attraction on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. I know we will be stopping there. Oh, yeah. Touring that distillery when we plan out this amazing we got a lot of stops to make we got to get all these stops in. We're doing this once. We might do it again. I mean, I'm not going to say we're never going to do this again in our lifetime, but... We're going to go all out. If we're planning this trip, we're doing it right, Justin, and it's we're going to make a good trip out of this. Good to know. Um, but anyway, currently, there are three brands that are made at Stetzel Weller, which is Blade & Bow, I.W. Harper, which they have a 15-year bourbon, and the bottle is sick, Justin. I want this. As the I- kids would say, <laughs> that is sick. I want this. Like I'm sure it's a very good and expensive bourbon, but I want this, and I, I want to try it. I don't mean to derail this, because I know our pod is going on here um, on, you know, well past the hour. But uh, Aiden, our nephew, who's six, said <laughs> in Fortnite, oh, that is sick. And I said, well, maybe it should see a doctor then. And his response was, bruh. <laughs> I, I think that's why I say that is sick so much. We spend so much it. time with Aiden, and we're... When we get to have those moments with him, and he is just, He's everything got all the is cool sick. Lingo yeah, down. we're we're gonna be in with the times because <laughs> as we're getting older, you know. But we have him to keep us. We are getting older. I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, I W Harper and Orphan Barrel Blade and Bow are the three um, bourbon brands that are made at Stetzel Weller today. So back to Blade and Bow. You might recognize 
blade and bow by the bottle as there's a metal key that's tied around the neck of the bottle to represent one of the five keys that always hung at the front door at the Stitzel Weller Distillery back in the day. And these keys represented the five steps of crafting bourbon. You had grains, yeast, fermentation, distillation, and aging. I think the key is very cool. I like that. When I when I got the bottle, I pulled it out of the bag for my birthday. Thank you again. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that really, like, right away it jumped out at me. Like, oh, what's this key? And then it tells you on the bottle what it's for. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it definitely caught my attention. And I hadn't heard of Blade & Bow, but... Once, like I said, once we got once we got the bottle, started doing some digging into the history, and I'm excited to try this straight. We've been drinking it in our old fashions here, and it's pretty good. Um, but it's aged in charred American white oak barrels using a unique aging process that's called the Solera system aging process, where they take some of that old bourbon from Stitzel Weller and combine it with new and younger whiskey. So this is the only bourbon that is aged using this process, and it allows the older bourbon to mingle with the newer, younger whiskeys and keeps that old bourbon alive, I guess. Now, we kind of talked about this before we were recording. Like, it's kind of down to the molecule, don't you think, by this point, of how much of the old whiskey is mingling with it? I don't know. I I think think we... Mm, I think we might be wrong, <laughs> but think so? okay. I think we need, I don't, there's not enough information on blade and bow. will have to hit us up. Well, and that's what I'm saying on practice. their site. It's not, it's very high level of this is the, what happens. Okay. And I love when sites give me all the nitty gritty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious about this aging process and how it works. And I know this is an aging process that they use with wines sometime. Yeah. So, um, maybe I guess I could look up a wine that does that and get more details and help me understand better how this bourbon is aged well justin why don't you run us through this taste profile yeah so it says their bourbon has a subtle aroma of fresh fruit do you get any fresh fruit well i made a mistake and i tried it first you tried it already all right (laughs) well the taste includes hints of dried apricot ripe pear and a sweet roasted grain with a finish of notes of charred oak and warm winter spices it definitely has a finish of oak i'll give you that and if i go back and smell it now i do smell that fruitiness yeah there is a lot of fruit there but i think the oak really finishes it for me it does yeah so you're kind of hit with like a nice sweet taste followed by that oak quickly followed by that oak quickly yeah but this is really good i feel like it's very smooth um i my lips are chapped so it gave me a little (laughs) bit of burn on my lips but you don't get a ton of burn. Um, it has some heat. It warms you a little. I feel like it's more of a warmth. I guess. Okay. Some warmth. It warms you. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel all warm now. And I just had two sips. I haven't even had my third by doesn't, rule. doesn't so. have heat. If you want to talk about heat, I tried a hot sauce this weekend that had some heat. This doesn't have heat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll leave that to another story. Yeah. No, I, I really like this one. And I'm not just saying that because you gave it to me as a gift. I think uh, Blade and Bow is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Now... How much of that putting in the old whiskey process is making it good? I don't know about that, but um, it is a very, I feel like it's a very easily drinkable bourbon. And I thought it did really well in the old fashioned. I feel Mm -hmm. like it held up very well. It did. Our old fashioned, not to pat myself on the back here because I made our old fashions again. Okay. Thank you for patting (laughs) me on the back. (laughs) Um, No, it was, it was really good with it. And 
I would be curious. I we're never going to be able to afford this bottle, but there is a Blade and Bow twenty two year aged bourbon, and I'd like to compare. Never say never. Never say never. What never. I'm saying never. <laughs> how much was that? Well, I don't know how accurate this price point was, but when I was searching for Blade and Bow, obviously you know Google at the top has all the shopping. And a bottle of the 22-year came up for like $1,600. Oh, so not bad. Um, not, no pocket change, really. Listener, go ahead and recommend that one so that we have to get it. <laughs> you can recommend it all you want, listeners. We are not buying that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that will guarantee, like, we have the IRS, like, explain this expense. I, it was for our podcast. We right. had to buy a $1,600 yeah, bottle. We had to have it um, because it was requested by listeners. Yeah. Now, this is good. Moving off topic from Blade and Bow to on topic of old-fashioned football. We got a giveaway coming up at the end of April. Yes, April is our first official full month of having our own feed for old-fashioned football with the SGPN. Today was supposed to be our official launch date, <laughs> but we got a surprise when we went live early on 328. Well, we were supposed to have a... Uh, as we alluded to a big name yes. guest and instead we just got a different big name guest in Colby Dant. So Colby did not disappoint. No. However, to celebrate our first month, we are doing a giveaway of your choice of either a free old fashioned football t-shirt from the SGPN merch shop, which go check it out. There's a lot of colors available. I think our shirt is pretty cool. Um, you I'm heard, biased. You heard Colby. He's it was Colby approved. So it is Colby approved. He approved the graphics. Yes. He did not deny them on the first go round. <laughs> but you'll have your choice of either a free old fashioned football t shirt from the SGPN merch shop, or two handshakes of any whiskey from our bar that we have reviewed on the show. I will post a list. Of those whiskeys, because what episode are we on now, Justin? 34. 34 episodes. We have tried more than 34 whiskeys and bourbon on this show yes. because we've had several episodes where we had we'll multiple. Have, we'll have over 40. <laughs> yes. Because we have four coming up next Wednesday. So we'll have over 40. If you're not familiar with a, what a handshake is, if some of you are like, what, they're going to come shake my hand? Yes, we're going to travel to you and <laughs> shake your hand. <laughs> a handshake is a term used from some bourbon and whiskey collectors where you trade a handshake of liquor. It's a, just a smaller bottle. And so we have the bottles that they do seal, you know, and then you can ship them. And it's just like a little handshake. So it's a sample of one of the whiskeys, um, but you'll get a sample of two of the whiskeys, but not in the same bottle. They will be in different <laughs> bottles. We're just going to do a, a <laughs> yeah, mix. Yeah, that's right. No, Distilling um, my own mix. Well, let's talk about, Justin, how they can yeah. get this giveaway. So It's very simple. enter for the giveaway, we need you to go out there, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us, whether it's Spotify, Apple. Pandora, uh, iHeartRadio. Give us... So go subscribe. Give us a review. If you're on a platform, like I know Spotify, you can't leave a written out review. You can just leave stars. If you want to give us a DM, old fashioned FB at, on Twitter, yeah, a screenshot of you leaving your review on Spotify. Or I, I'm not familiar with how you with the reviews on Pandora or iHeartRadio. I just know on Spotify you can't leave. You can't write out your review. I think pretty much everybody will be able to make Spotify or 
um, Apple work. Those are the ones that help us the most mm-hmm. for sure. So um, if you leave it on Apple, obviously your name is there with your review that you leave. And so, then our third thing is follow Old Fashioned FB on Twitter. Do all those three things. You will be automatically entered into this giveaway. And at the end of the month, we will draw a lucky winner. Yeah. Follow Old Fashioned FB on Twitter. Uh, subscribe. Rate and review. It's that simple, and it's free stuff. Um, Probably takes five minutes of your time. You know, Justin, I'm actually going to up it and go in off the rails here. Is this management approved? I I am the management. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So, yes, I approve it. We're going to give one lucky winner an old-fashioned football T-shirt and two handshakes. You don't have to take the handshakes, but, yes, that's what we're doing. We're doing both. We're not going to make you choose between a t-shirt or two handshakes of a whiskey or bourbon. We're going both. All right. Good deal. So Once again, go subscribe to us on your platform, leave us a review, and follow Old Fashioned FB on Twitter to be automatically entered into our giveaway. We will draw the winner at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, Every contestant will be entered into a random pool and will be drawn at random. Um, Am I eligible to win? No, Justin. Ah, dang. You already have an old-fashioned football T-shirt, and I have two the of whiskey. them, but I could use some more. I'm not. I'm not giving you handshakes of our own whiskey. <laughs> this one's mine. You can't drink this. <laughs> it's my handshake. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, thank you, Colby, for joining us. You can find him on Twitter at the Colby D, and just follow all his stuff. He's just got so much knowledge. He's amazing. Yeah. He just has all the info. What's even more amazing is he's got that on college football and college basketball. So you're talking 400 different programs more than that he has this insight and knowledge of. It's crazy. It's it's amazing. It is. So shout out to Colby. Thank you again. We appreciate you. Um, don't forget to join the contest. You have until the end of April. So we're starting it now. You have until the end of April. Miranda? Do you have anything else? My old fashioned's gone. This has been a fun episode. Going once. Going twice. Sold. Old Fashioned Football.